Welcome to Quality Time, the second episode of the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Um, I'm Skylar Sokol. I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And we're here to talk about video games, video game design, whatever whatever we want to talk about. All kinds of things. Um, uh, we're going to try to switch up the format a bit. We're going to experiment with something, which is going to be that each week one of us is going to come with a topic we're interested in talking about, frequently inspired by game design books or like articles or things we've read generally. And um, we're going to go from there and see how the conversation goes. So, yeah. So, this week was definitely not my turn to prepare anything, because if it was, we are in trouble. So... <laughs> Uh, and you have a notebook with con- with what a lot of writing on it. So, Skylar, what is the topic this week? Okay, so um, I wanted to talk about like toys as games, games as toys, games as toys, uh, not toys as games. Okay, uh, maybe toys as games at some point, but mostly games as toys. And I think basically what I mean by that is like a toy. The difference between a game and a toy, I think, is just like the first thing we should talk about a little bit. Um, I would, I don't, I don't think it's too contentious. Basically, like, a game is just, can be just like a toy with goals. Like, the second you apply goals to a toy, it in some way becomes a game. Okay. How do you feel about that? As soon as you uh, put goals to the toy, it becomes a game. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe. I suppose. Like, meaning, like, what I mean by maybe is maybe a game could be something else that's not a toy or doesn't have a toy involved. Yes, and that's fine. And I I think we may go down that path. But to go from a... But just that pathway. Yeah. Right? Does this also... I'd say all toys with goals could potentially be considered games, but not all games could potentially be considered toys with goals. Okay, sure. Um, does this also include elements like within a game as toys and stuff? Like not necessarily like uh, the way I'm, I'm hearing it so far is as if the, uh, uh, it's at like the game level, right? Like, so a toy with goals is a game, but is it possible that like maybe you have game with like elements inside that have this toy aspect to it? Sure, but there are still goals that you're using the toys to accomplish. Yeah, so yeah. It's still toys with goals. Toys with goals are at least maybe they are a game, or at least they're a part of a game. Is that fair? I mean, sure, but there's tons of parts of a game, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Just making sure I understand what you're talking about. Good. <laughs> We're glad. Uh, so I thought the most interesting thing from that topic to talk about, rather than just like going right down the path of, like, what are games that we feel like are good toys, because, I don't know, I'm not sure that's, and we'll probably talk about that anyway, but I think the most interesting thing I was thinking about was just, like, what does it mean um, for a game to not have, like, what is left once you take out the goals and the narratives and the challenges and the rewards that exist in a game? Okay. Uh, and what 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 is that thing? Like, and it could be a toy, right? But is yeah. there more to it than that? Or is there less than that? Like, So when you take away the goals, and the, w- repeat those. The goals, yeah. the narrative, the, the narrative. challenges, and the rewards. Challenges being like explicit challenges, not just like things that are challenging. Yeah. Um, so I'll use a concrete example, right? Like of a game, because so, it's a little easier for me to think about it that way. Um, also... Because this, I'm I'm going to use Rocket League as an example. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That was one of my primary examples. That okay, I thought cool. we should talk about. Because, yeah, if you are in a game like a standard three v three game of Rocket League, yep. the goal is to win the game, to score goals, and prevent the other team from scoring on you. Right? right. Soccer. Right. The, the goals of soccer, more or less. Um, the there is no narrative. So there is no narrative. Uh, the challenge is and stuff. I mean, that's baked into the overall goal. Right. Yeah. The challenges and rewards are basically inherent to the 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 soccer system. So really, the only thing you have in Rocket League, in my opinion, is just like the goal of scoring the ball yeah. from from this yeah. from these element perspective. Yeah. Right. So what happens if we take those away? If we take away the goals, right? Yeah. Which is 
basically what like free play is almost except for the goals are still there goals are still there but right. let's say explicitly like, speaking the actual physical goal is still the goal there. is still there but there's not a you don't have to score if you don't want to sure but the play. implication is that you will right yeah. so what if we take those away too yeah so it, the You're way basically I would just in like it, an enclosed yeah. arena with right. nothing but right. a ball if i imagine just free play with closed off goals um what's left is you and the ball, so it's almost like, yeah, you, it's the experience of, uh, use, utilizing your, your avatar, which in this case is the car, to interact with the ball in this environment, right? With the right. physics of Rocket League, with the right. whatever. Um, so. I mean, it's still fun, is. right? I think. So, I mean, in Rocket League, yeah, it's insanely fun. Yeah. I, like, Rocket League is up there. There's a few other games that come to mind, but like Rocket League has got to be one of the top games, in my opinion, where it's just fun to be the car, right? And to interact Definitely. with the ball. Right. Even without a goal to score, it would still be fun to just mess around with that system, yep. I feel like. Yep. I um, mean, on mul- if I like to add to that, like on multiple levels, like from on multiple levels in regards to progression of skill as well like meaning it was fun when i first started playing to just try and in free play to just try around and hit the ball right <laughs> you know and then later as my skill progresses different things you there's like a there's a new novel little thing to try and attempting to pull that off and pulling it off is a lot of fun and um it's crazy, in my opinion, like how much depth there is in Rocket League in particular, like on that front. Uh, so, when you, what you were just describing, though, and this is, I think, an interesting point to this conversation, is that like you're not playing without goals. You're creating goals for yourself, True. right? Your goal in that case is to hit the ball, and then your goal in that case is to try this other thing, do a flip reset or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, So, does that move it away from being a toy? Like, Can you have a toy? Is there a toy that you can... like? Can you play with something without setting some sort of goal? Well, from that perspective, if I think it's maybe easier for me to think about like a phys- like a kid's toy, like right. a- well, yeah, like just think of like a block. Yep. I don't know. Uh, like usually when you play with it, you still like make up goals, right? Yeah, because I think really that's almost getting to like what playing is. Mm-hmm. And if I had to say what I thought it was, I think it's really more like you're, it's it's learning. Like, I think what play really is, is, uh, or at least a fundamental element of play is the process of learning. Interesting. Um, so, and I think that's part of the reason why it's so, part of the reason why it's so enjoyable. I think depending on the context of the toy, there's different parts that make it enjoyable. Like if it's, uh, like a blocks thing or whatever, maybe the, the texture, the feel of the toy is part of the pleasurable experience you have with the whole thing sure but fundamentally maybe the i think yeah i think the main i i don't know it's because so along those lines i would say there are things that like uh my kids have this like stress ball that you can like squeeze and like uh there's like an inner gel or something that pops out through the mesh that's like surrounding it that's just fun to like it's a cool texture to feel it's fun to manipulate there's no real goal there right i mean you could say your goal is to like get the thing to pop out to have that experience but that's if it is a little, mine, like, yeah it's not even for me it's more of like the maybe if it's considered more along the lines of like a stress relief thing sure maybe you could argue that's but it's not it's even a, it's just to like have that experience yeah right? for me it's almost just like a primal this Right. It feels funny that's and a, it's satisfying. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Like, so is, could Rocket League be... Could we think of a Rocket League that is that? Yeah. That could, could be boiled down to that level. Well, and I, is that valuable at all? Like, would that be a valuable thing to have? <laughs> well, I definitely don't think it hurts that it's like that, right? Um, so, in regards to Rocket League, it's fun to just drive it's fun to fly through the air and like flip i think part of the part of it like in regards to the rocket league implementation is not just the mechanics the physical mechanics of the car like i mean how the car 
interacts in like from a physics perspective with the environment if you will uh how it moves through the air and stuff but also i think like the camera how the camera is implemented is a huge deal to how that experience is satisfying sure totally true because i actually have a lot of issues with third person cameras right like it's a lot of times what makes me not really enjoy the implementation. It has to be really good for me to not get in the way of my experience for a third-person game. If there's one thing that I have to say, like, frequently detaches me from the experience, the immersion of a third-person game, a third-person perspective in a game, it's the camera implementation. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes me think of, like, Mario 64. <laughs> that game has a notoriously bad camera. <laughs> so if you've ever played it, but I, I, that's, like, I my did, quintessential but... third-person camera example yeah hey, but sorry it's a little bit of a tangent but like rocket league's camera is great in my opinion uh never gets in the way of me trying to play the game i guess right um and it's not just the camera how they have how they made it the see-through environment like whatever cube and all like anyway um back to your question is that uh well i think like for that question which was just how much could we boil down rocket league to still have it be something you could like play with but not necessarily need to set internal goals i feel like maybe that would just be like rocket league without the ball at all right it's just driving yeah. the car around sort of like what you were saying right yeah. just like flying around and driving the car like that's still fun yeah even if you don't really have a goal you're just driving around falling off the ceiling flying around boosting whatever um yep and that's cool i'm not sure how many games accomplish that to that level i can't think of the other games where well, I'm not. I haven't thought too hard. But if you like boiled it all the way down, down to, to just like the most basic thing you do in the game, is it still fun? So here's one thing. Here's another game that I think has did a good job on this, in my opinion, uh-huh. which was Halo Five. Okay, Halo Five. From a this is a, a, actually where I wanted another thing I wanted to add to this Rocket League thought tr- process too. But first, Halo Five I thought was really satisfying from. It felt good to move around in that game. Like, Halo 5 had a lot of, like, chaining of mechanics as well, so you'd sprint. That felt good, and I think a lot of that came into how the animations played into each other, cut into each other, and flowed into each other. Uh, the A lot of the mechanics could be chained, so how you kind of moved from sprinting to sliding to jumping to stabilizing, hovering in the air, all went were a very smooth experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I would do, to be fair, this has a little bit of goals in it, but, like, I would spend a lot of time in custom games just kind of moving around the map. Sometimes intending to learn a trick jump or something, for sure, but, yeah, I I really liked executing some of these chain mechanics. This is actually turns into a a side thing, which maybe we can, is appropriate here, but at a certain point, it's also true that the the amount of the the amount that I chained having to chain these mechanics like this in Halo Five over and over again after a while two thousand hours of playing it got felt burdensome to be honest like it's fun and satisfying but uh, at, you know for a while um, and I and I it's not just this that plays into the feeling of burdensome like uh, the fact that I progress in skill, so I'm playing harder players. So meaning, like, in general, just the lobbies I'm playing with are more intense. Like, that's all part of this, too. But just to say, I think there's a balance there. Interesting. So do you feel that way in Rocket League? So... Because that is the same... Like, there's Rocket an equal League amount got, of mechanic change yeah. in Rocket League at a high level that there was that there is in Halo. Yes. So is it also a burden at some point? Well, to be fair, I don't know if I am as good... In Rocket Fair. League as I am in sure. Halo. Not to say I was like uh, c- crazy pro good or anything, but I, I think actually also objectively, I rank up high diamond in Rocket League. I ranked in Onyx, and, and so that'd be more like a champ in Halo 5, for mm-hmm. example. So I might also just not be as good. But one thing about Rocket League up to this point that has felt good on that front is that the your... The space between the moments where you need to do something that's really mechanically heavy is much greater than in Halo. So you will do the 
I, I can't do this, but you just finished explaining to me the air stall, right? So you'll like do a crazy air stall to a flip reset, blah, blah, like that. But you, let's say you don't make the shot. So the, the ball is still in play. You have this like solid period of reset where you collect boost, maybe go for a demo, collect boost, kind of rotate back. So you have this like breather. I, I really think this like load on working memory is a thing that happened in sure. Halo 5. Like to give you an example, you start the match, you sprint th and do the th uh, what's called a thrust slide. So once you hit maximum sprint, you slide, you thrust. Right at the end of your thrust, you slide, yeah. then you jump at the end of that, and then you stabilize and toggle. Uh, I remember you teaching me yeah, this whole like crazy to, thing. to yeah, grab, yeah. to clamber onto something, and then your shot. You know, Halo has a lot of like jousts, like gunfight jousts that happen, and now you have the added wrinkle of the thruster. So those are, especially as you get to higher levels, that's a really like intense, twitchy, but also like. Uh, could can be like kind of mechanically heavy. I mean, in, in general, Halo always had that joust, and there was always clever ways to manipulate movement to to be more advantageous there. But in Halo Five, it got while it did add a new wrinkle, the ability to like boost in air and stuff, because it, it added this new horizontal um, dimensionality to the joust if you will like because you can now be in the air and then thrust back mm -hmm. right um it also made it more taxing i feel like mentally to go in and out of right sure um and then you you finish that and now maybe your shields are low and you need to like get as fast as you can to cover so you're kind of like going from intense to intense to intense right like there's not, there's not as much breather in yeah, there. It's interesting to me that that feels that way to you. And that doesn't feel that way in Rocket League. Because at least in my games, at like C2, C3 level or wherever I It's play, always intense. It's, it's just like that, right? Okay. Like you do a play, you're low on boost, similar to being low on shield, right? You have to go quickly grab boost, but you have to be constantly like toggling your camera so you can watch what's happening, so you can immediately make a shift if you need to like change it. And I, and like, but... Granted, and I think this may be a similarity, like in Rocket League, the breather for me is like when a goal is scored either on e no, either for sure. team, right? Yeah. And similar to like when you die probably in Halo. Yeah. yeah. Or when you die, because even dying in Rocket League game blown up is not that much of a breather because yeah. you get like camera locked and there's so much you have to like, you're just like thinking about how you're going to react the second that you come back. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's the goal was another, I didn't think about that too, from a breather perspective, like it's true in Halo you get the kill, um, but during that death, there's a lot of understanding, because in, in where you're going to spawn, based off of where your teammates are and where the engagement's at, and then what your intention is from what you think your spawn's going to be right. is all a thing you're figuring out. So that's out. almost more similar to getting blown up in Rocket League right. than getting the break of a goal necessarily. There's no like reset situation except at the very end of the match. As an example, when I play Rocket League, because when you die in Halo, your camera's not locked. You can toggle between all your teammates' perspectives. Right. Um, I... Uh, I like always re like by instinct try and press the down arrow on my my on the D pad to rotate through my teammates' perspectives in Rocket League because I'm like okay where are they at right. like where, where, you know what should I do because that's what you're doing in Halo yeah so um, so it's true like it's 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 more similar to the blow up um, interesting but yeah it's I don't know I. I, I like I said before, it could also just be that I haven't hit a speed of play in Rocket League where I can. It's apples to apples. No, know, sure, but I mean, run. even still, regardless, this goal thing definitely it appears doesn't really exist in Halo, and yeah. so that is a big mental like break. Yeah, which is I think a strong mechanic that it has because yep, it could get really exhausting. Like you can play with mutators such that the ball immediately respawns in the center with no replay or anything, mm -hmm. and you just go immediately. And I've done that before. And it's, I mean, you're basically just like, it's just like intense the whole time, right? Which can be really fun, but... Yep. No, it's, yeah. So It can also be bur like a burdensome if you're playing at a really high level, so that's interesting. Key to both of those, though, um, the one the thing I would, like want to tie it back to the toy idea from Halo 5 is it, it was very... I thought it was very... Uh, it felt good just to be the Spartan, like mm -hmm. Spartan. Totally, that funny. Right, you like, take away all the other players, you take away the map, whatever. Still, like, felt good still to fun move to around, be the character. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that was the thing. I mean, 
don't uh, like I, I feel like I have to in case people from the Halo community see this. Like Halo Five, I really lo- I like really respect elements of that. <laughs> you stuff, but defend your Halo cred. Yeah, just just <laughs> just just, just want to be clear. I mean, um, <laughs> while I did enjoy that, for some of the reasons mentioned here, like there, I I much more prefer the style of the older games, which have less, much less mechanics available to you, but in general, I feel like have a, um, a much nicer, like, cognitive flow to them. Um, so, anyway, like, it, it was a cool thing about Halo 5. It was also part of the reason, though, why that, that I kind of felt like I got burnt out on that one. Sure. While, I mean, I still always... I mean, I, I know it's more complicated than just, like, the toy and how whatever, but, like, I still always, like, go back and play the old Halos, right? Like That's interesting. So, that makes me want to think about, like, what if we think about, like, a Rocket League that's, like, an old Halo Rocket League? So, we take out all of, like, the mechanics that have been discovered since the beginning of Rocket League, and basically you just have, like, boost and flip. Is Rocket League still as a, like, boost Can you and go in the air? Jump. Yeah, well, like, because you can jump and then boost, right? You have all that, but, like... That's what it, wouldn't right? you have? You wouldn't have like flip resetting. You wouldn't have like, um, I don't know. I it's hard for me to say. Maybe even like you don't have, like you can't go in there. What if we just take away like jumping entirely? Right? Yeah. I, to be fair, and, I think or maybe it would... you take away flipping. You can only jump and boost, right? But you can't do like flips. Okay. Well, I don't know. I think Is it that's... would be fun, but I don't. I, like I said, I still don't feel in Rocket League like I've hit the, that burden. Got too some many point. mechanics. So, yet. like from my perspective, it's still good. Right, uh, which is interesting because you're you're describing like that that has reduced the longevity of Halo Five for you. But at least in my observation of Rocket League, and for me personally, like that has increased the longevity of Rocket League for me. Like I wonder if these mechanics didn't keep getting discovered and there didn't keep being new like high skill things to learn, if I would still be playing it as much as I am. Because I've played Rocket League basically at the same level that you've played Halo 5. Yeah, or more probably. Right. Uh, yeah, to be clear, it's not that their depth to the mechanics was a burdensome. That was cool, like you said. It was part of the reason that... I, I was engaged as long as I was. And there have been more mechanics since then that have been, since I, like, really started, care, stopped caring about, like, learning new mechanics that have been discovered. Um, I seriously think that there, it, that part of it is, like, and this is partly where I, maybe I haven't hit that speed of play yet in Rocket League to compare it, but it's just literally the speed of which you need to execute some of these things, in, in particular in Halo 5, is really, like, fast. Like, I don't know how, like, from seconds, milliseconds perspective. And that's not satisfying for you to, like, have well, to Well, it's just that? burdensome. Interesting. Like, okay. after a while. After, maybe it's just because like, we're old. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe. I mean... That's why Rocket League's is, all 15 It is cool. Yeah, it is cool, like, to execute and to pull it off. I think partly, though, when the novelty of learning it goes away and the satisfaction of, like, I can execute this goes away, and it's more of... I have to do this just to stay competitive to do this. Like, I have to in order to play at this level, then it feels burdensome. It's interesting. Like, so, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel that way in Rocket League. Rocket League is just so much fun to move around in. It's so fun to be in the, like, for example, uh, uh, being, uh, driving up the wall, jumping off, and then doing, uh, what's it called? The dash? Like, the wave dash? The wave dash as you land. Like, that just feels good, you know? Like, yes. And the if I compare that mechanic to a thrust slide, like, those are probably actually similar timings, like, sure. mechanically. Those, and that, as, like, as an example, like, those feel good. Um, and pulling that off, there's a timing element to it. I don't know. I think it's just, like, if I had to, if I had to wave dash all the time to get back, like, let's say there was, there weren't any, Outside of the hundred boosts, there weren't any boosts on the field. Right. So it was Wave imperative was like to you. Thing. It was imperative to you to find strategies to move around the field like that. I maybe I'd have that similar nature. Interesting. So okay. like, so so maybe it's that there's enough easier to at least somewhat easier to execute mechanics in Rocket League that like because it seems like maybe the Halo gameplay boiled down to just executing only complex chains of mechanics. 
or more often than in Rocket League, where you still have these basic mechanics that still work extremely well, and you just use these complex chains very situationally. So maybe that's the difference? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, Interesting. Like I said, I'd sum it up as my working memory feel, feels overloaded. Yeah, yeah. Like, and not so in Rocket League. Interesting. But maybe it's because I just haven't gotten there yet. It's hard to say. I, I feel like I'm not far from a relative skill level similarity between the two games. Like, right? Like, if I got into champ, I'm technically pretty close to, like, where I was Halo 5 in that, if you think of it that way. Very different games, blah, blah, blah. But from a rank, at least, perspective, I don't feel that way. Interesting, um, yeah. I, my perspective on Rocket League, which is that I think if you're, like, champ 1 to low champ 2, the difference between champ 1 to low champ 2 and high champ 2 to champ 3 is like one of the biggest differences in the whole game because the speed of the game like basically doubles between those two ranks. At least that's been my experience and like I've seen it happen. I see it happen. Like I play with people who are lower and then the, the game's really slow and I like end up playing so fast that I like over rotate and I lose all the time because of it. Mm-hmm. But then at the champ 3 level, if you don't play that fast, you literally never hit the ball. So like, and that may be the point that you're bringing because that's really what it, like the way you describe it feels exactly like that. To yeah, me. maybe. So I don't know. It'll be interesting if and when you get there to, to have this conversation again. And I don't. Also, one last thing I'll add is I don't know if maybe there are less dynamic in Halo Five with the map designs and the situations you find yourself. They, there might be more, in a sense, variety to some extent than what you do in Rocket League. Like, don't hear me wrong, but, like, don't get me wrong. In Rocket League, there's a cra- It's, like, s- both of them are similar in that it's, like, speed chess to a certain extent, right? Like, in regards to anticipating moves, yes. making the right move, whatever. But, um... Yeah, from a mechanically, like, what I need, and also situationally, what do I need to worry about at any given time? I don't know. Maybe there's just more I have to worry about in Halo 5 at any given time than when I'm in Rocket League. It could be. Rocket League is more constrained, generally, just from a the yeah. game, right? Yeah. And also, that's partly you... You, how much your mechanics influence can t- how can do for you in Rocket League is maybe more so than the impact of your mechanics on a game in Halo. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. No. You know what I mean? It's like, interesting. Okay. Th- there's a lot of variety there. Yeah. Variables there. Huh. Okay. That was cool. I liked that comparison. All right. So, I don't know. Rocket League and Halo are both like actiony sort of games, right? Yeah. They're both like twitchy reflex sort of games. Yep. Um, what I think another interesting, like, game as toy topic is the topic of Minecraft. Um, because I think Minecraft is, like, basically one of the quintessential, like, game toy, toy as game, sorry. Game as toy, toy as game, whatever concepts, right? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. Um, when did you start playing Minecraft? Not, like, what year. I literally don't care. But, like, what was the state of Minecraft when you started playing? It was not long after the horse update. Okay, so was that... Did the end exist? Did the The end exist? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's, like, the big thing I want to talk about, right? Because Minecraft originally... So, I played Minecraft when it was, like, still Flash. Like, not Flash, but it ran only in browser. Okay. And it was literally just placing blocks. And their enemies did spawn at night, but there was nothing besides that. Like, you found crafting recipes and stuff. But over time, they've gone from, like, that to adding, like, tons of goals to the game. Yeah. Like, even more, in, like, they added achievements, which essentially adds goals to the game, right? They added, and, that, and they added the end, they added the wither, they have all of these things that have become more and more explicit goals of the game. Yeah. So it's gone from being almost entirely toy to being very much now, like, a goal-based game experience. Granted, you can still play it as a toy. Totally. It still has maintained that, but they went way beyond that, right? They didn't just try and improve the toy aspect of it. They moved away from that to really improve the game aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. It's true. There are more... um, There are more things... Like, so, overall, in Minecraft, when I play Minecraft, the way it makes me feel is you don't have to do anything. 
you don't you're not well except for maybe i mean if you're not in creative mode you at least need to like do right, something like, to not survive die. yeah right. Which is already like an inherent goal, sort of right? Shit. Yep, that's that's valid. And I don't really like playing in creative. I'm just more of a survival. Right. Well, because boy. even because well, and maybe that's like a big thing, right? Because creative is basically literally no like your goal has to be yeah, wholly no, internally set, and it has to be based on building something. Basically. So yeah, right? I mean, if we think of creative, creative. That's basically what this flat browser Minecraft was for a long time before they added enemies and I mean, stuff. Crea- I guess creative is that, right? Like, cause creative, it's literally taking blocks and building things, right? Well, it's and not- you can spawn whatever you want. Like, there is no goal in creative. There's not. Like, not it, just no you building goal set stuff. by the game, yeah. right? You could yes. set a goal yeah. to, like, build a computer yeah. in Minecraft. Yep. But- yep. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's no... There's no game... Yeah. Uh, the, like you said. The no game-enforced game goal, basically, yes. right? Yep. So... So is that fun? Uh, well, is it, I just is it said fun for you? I don't no. like playing creative. It's not yeah. fun for me either. But it has clearly been fun for some people. Yep. Which is interesting, right? Like, uh, yeah, I think then right. So what do you think? Why do you think people might find that interesting? I uh, and so maybe like my I think of like two things, right? I think you could think about like whether people are better or worse at setting internal goals for themselves. But I don't necessarily... I'm not sure about that that take, right? Because um, I, like, would not want to play creative and build something like that. But in Rocket League, I love, like, setting goals to try and use new mechanics, right? Which is similar in concept, right? Those are yeah. internally set goals that have nothing to do with the actual game. Um, so maybe instead, it's just that that caters more to people who find fun specifically in building things. Yeah. Right? Then I'm not that kind of person. You know, from the toy perspective, though, I almost like the way I would think it is, uh, think of it is that that fun part is the literally how you can build. Not that you can, but how you can. Like, how you play, how you, the the reality of how your constraints on in the world on how you can build, right? Like the blocky aspect sure. to that, the, how it feels good to move around in that world with a, a novelty of a special thing of creatives. You can fly, right? It's like being able to fly around and do place things, uh, like, that's almost more from the toy perspective to right. me. It's basically yeah. like you're there with a bunch of blocks just building something, yeah. right? It's yeah. just in a video game. Yep. Because, um, like uh, like you said, building something in the in, the kind of setting a... This kind of, kind of gets into, like, the intrinsic, extrinsic reward stuff. Like, it's intrinsically... that. Like, I feel like the toy, like a satisfying toy is more on the intrinsic side, right? Like, you like playing with this thing... Um, whether it's the Rocket League car, whether it's a cool toy in real life, whether it's Minecraft and doing stuff, because it's intrinsically satisfying. Like, I right. wonder if, I wonder if, like, if the control, if it, if it felt bad to control the player, would anyone play Minecraft as much? Right. Interesting. Like you, if the, if it somehow was more cumbersome in some way, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, I would argue that the original, the old Minecraft, like. Was not like the UI was not great. The inventory like management like the controls were not great. People still played it a lot, right? So, but to be fair, it was at like at that point it was this new novel experience. It was yeah, and the novelty is super important, right? Because now it's so old that we can't say it's novelty anymore. That's yeah. keeping people playing it. Like I'm sure, like you're saying, if you reverted movement and feel of some things back to how they used to be, there'd be lots of problems with that. Yeah, I mean that's also. Just like Halo has that too, right? Like there's people who, with the the newer games, have these newer mechanics. Uh, sprint is a big thing, and the, uh, it's a contentious thing uh, <laughs> that's been introduced into the newer Halos. And there are some people who will go back and play the old Halos. And you know, we're talking about Minecraft, right? Not Halo. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the same idea. It's like if you went it, for the people who there are some people who really like these new mechanics in Halo Five. That if you when you put them in Halo Three, you spawn them in Halo Three in the Master Chief Collection. They really complain about the constrained movement and stuff. Sure. And like I play it, and I almost enjoy it to some extent because of how because it's not really about the movement; it's about the game and how that you're really those that's impacting you. So it's true. Um, uh, 
And I don't know, maybe that says something about like what people expect out of games now. Like maybe games have just gotten so much better that that toy aspect needs to be there, right? Like sure, or like toy aspects that appeal to the modern audience, right? Yep. That actually was something I was thinking about, right? Like two things you actually made me think of while you're talking about that. One is like for me, texture packs in Minecraft that make the game look significantly better actually make me want to play it and have more fun playing it. Okay. And I'm not sure, like, from a... Is that an aspect of the toy of Minecraft? Like, if, if a toy looks really cool, does that make it a better toy? So, because you just said that, that plays, like, you know, emotional design, the three... The, I think Don Norman's the guy, the one who came up with... There's the visceral component, the behavioral component, and the reflective. These first two, I think, are really along the lines of what you're talking about and have been applicable throughout this whole conversation. Where visceral is... It's like that. It's like, it looks good. Something looks good. It feels good. This... From like a sensory perspective, from a, it's yeah, satisfying. Yes. And uh, you... That's good. Like you, And I think you strive for that. Like you just said, that's a good example. Um... And, yeah, I mean, imagine if, if Minecraft had, if the default Minecraft, so, for example, right now, Minecraft is talking about introducing this ray tracing stuff. Yes. Once that starts becoming the norm. Right. No, this is a good, I totally right? see where you're going. Like, yes. w- will a lot of people play, revert back to the old style? Like, there, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, IBX Toy Cat, just made this video on, he got to try the ray tracing. And uh-huh. in the video, he's trying it. Still a little buggy or whatever, but you totally get the idea. And he'll flip back every now and then, and I'm like, "Wow, yeah, I want this ray tracing." Like, oh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 you just you create a Minecraft has those graphics just in your head. Yep. But when you see that it's possible, this other thing. I mean, I think that's probably what you're experiencing a little bit. Right? No, this like, is so funny. This like relates directly to something I've been thinking about and talking about a lot with you lately. Of like people's co- te- tendency to like hedonically adapt right to find things that are pleasurable and then they feel like the norm and then anything different feels like it will be better right and like actually you know this exact same thing just happened because rizzo who's a pro yeah, rocket league yeah, player yeah. posted a video of him playing the chinese version of rocket league which they made a lot of changes to it like they basically made what you could call like rocket league 1.5 like the menu system is different there's aspects of the game that are different and like what uh, like, like the menus look different in okay. the game. There's like a trail, a short like line that shows where the ball is traveling. Sort of, hmm. it's implemented pretty well. It looks cool. You should watch this YouTube video. But regardless, like, I'm not gonna say that it was actually like that much better in any way. But it was different, and he was so excited about these things that were even tiny bits different and not necessarily even better. And it's just like such a clear thing. Yeah. And that's totally what's happening with me with Minecraft, right? Like, it may not be. I mean. Potentially, like, you could make the graphics look, like, worse. Not necessarily worse, but just different. Not in a way where it's becoming, like, ray-traced, right? And it could still seem better just because it's different, right? Yep. That's super interesting that that's, like, that's insightful that that's what you tuned in on. Because that's probably right. That, like, yeah. I mean, why do, do, like, these phone companies release, like, a new phone yearly that changes like one tiny thing and they always change the the appearance like a little bit right like why does every like android update add like a few real features and then changes the ui right it's because the 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 visual change even if it isn't better in any way just like gives you the perception that something is different in and that is better because that's how we think yep okay so yeah that's that's minecraft i guess (laughs) as a toy um, and a lot of human psychology as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, human psychology is all over the place in games. I mean, games are fundamentally manipulating a person's brain into having an experience. Right, like, right, so. right, right. Experience that hopefully that brain would like to have again, I guess, if you're trying to make a good game. Or, I don't know. Or, or we'll pull maybe, up. Actually, maybe you want to bother them so much that they only play one game. This is actually an amazing transition into something I wanted to talk about, which is... So, one thing that you and I talk about a lot is that, like, in games we make and games we really, like, appreciate the most... Well, maybe that's not true. 
games that we do appreciate though we want to be able to convey some like deep meaning or deep like personal lesson or just something someone can take away that's actually like really significant mm-hmm. and my question is can toys accomplish that like if you strip a game of its narrative its goals yeah. its challenges and its rewards can it still provide something like that? Or are those the things that actually allow that? Yeah, so I th- I feel like that visceral element of a good toy um, is primal almost. It 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 in it in like it dis it does not it intentionally like as part of the definition, like a good toy doesn't need the prefrontal cortex, right? right? Like you're squeezing the ball, yeah. Like, the thing's coming know, out, like right? it just feels good, yeah. And it just looks good, like it's very primal. So, and I feel the the deep meaning, the uh, kind of meta stuff that we we're trying to we're trying to accomplish, or the experiences that we want to convey, are are kind of next level in regards to reason, and um, are something that I think a toy can help you, right? Like. It can be like the vehicle that drives you there because you still want to engage with it because it's a toy. No pun intended. Like maybe you are in a vehicle, right? Yeah. Is this, is, are a you talking hog. about the, the Rocket League RPG or something? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a GDC talk. Psionics, we're thinking of do a open world. Oh uh, sure. Like after uh, what was the first one called? Games. Super Sonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars. <laughs> yes. They were thinking initially that it could be like kind of open world maybe and like you would like drive to an arena. You know there was that one game, right? What was it called? Where you could drive, where you just drove around like a map of the US and you could just race people and crap. What was it called? It's escaping my brain, but there was a game that was literally that. But uh, the club? The crew? The crew. But could you play soccer? No. Uh, There was no, and that was probably why it was not that commercially successful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy they decided just to polish the first one. I agree. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that the toy makes it pleasurable to enter into the experience of the game, right? So, um, in re- like in regards to Halo Five, you s- like you start the campaign. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm using it's an easy. You can you, you can tell you see like this new new stuff here. I'm pointing to like my I have a Halo Two Legendary Edition. Steelbook here, signed by all the pros, and Halo 5 one signed by the pros. Anyway. Next podcast, I need to bring, like, my Amiibos or something. Or something. We can have some Nintendo stuff sometime. We gotta, like, switch it up every time with all of our game memorabilia. My signed copy of The Binding of Isaac. (laughs) Really? Uh Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Boxed edition, yeah. Nice. Um, Anyway, (laughs) no, 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 like, at the beginning of Halo 5, you're thrown into a conflict, blah, blah, blah. Um, the conflict is at the forefront of your mind when you start the campaign, but it's play. I like still remember. It's nice to like move around this. The first parts I see and like to move through there just feels good. And I got that helps you stay engaged and kind of immersed in that experience, right? So, like yeah. you're saying, a vehicle into what you're trying. I mean, I will tell you, there have been games that the story I have been very interested in, and I've still like churned away from them because the gameplay wasn't interesting yeah. enough, right? The toy at the core of the thing was not interesting enough, so I moved away. Yep. But then there's also games like What Remains of Edith Finch. Mm-hmm. Granted, okay, that's probably a bad example because I actually think the toy elements of What Remains of Edith Finch are very fun. It actually has like mini games, like things that you actually do from a toy perspective. Okay. Whereas a lot of walking simulators like that don't have that. Um I'm thinking of like Dear Esther, which is like the quintessential walking simulator where you literally just walk in or told a story. And I actually turned on that way. Like, I didn't ever finish that and I finished what remains to be the Finch. So even that is actually an example of what you're saying that like the toy has to be compelling and then the experience can be around it. Yeah. Um, but my question then, right, is that, and this maybe is like calling to a bigger issue just generally with the, the pop perception of video games versus other medium that convey significant like learning. Which is like movies and books and stuff, right? Okay. Books and movies and TV shows and the normal things we would consider as things that convey significant like meaning aren't toys at all. There's no toy in a movie or a book or a TV show, right? Well, if yeah, I agree. And so I'll just finish the, the yeah, point yeah, go ahead. and then yep, yeah, I agree. you can say whatever. Yep, yep. So is that why people are somewhat like the general public is frequently unwilling to like 
view a video game in the same light, be willing to accept that a video game could provide the, like, true meaning that, like, a book can provide to you, right? Like, could I learn a lesson about, like, personal life philosophy from a video game? Yeah. I think so, but could, yeah. the, would, like, a random person on the street think that? Probably not. Is that because video games are viewed as toys and not as this other thing? Maybe, like, maybe there's a part, part to that. I think it's, that's a pretty, actually, that's a, that's a whole thing, a whole topic we could talk about. Um, and I, like, I think it's complicated, that answer. I think part of the reason, part of the, part of the reason people don't think of video games as being able to communicate experiences like that, uh, or stories in general, like at that level, at that depth, um, is partly because it just hasn't been done yet. Right. Like, not that it hasn't now. I feel like there's a lot of games that are breaking ground on that front. Right. Um, but, uh, his like looking back, I mean, video games are a really young art form, right? At least compared to the other, all these other guys, right? Yes. So, um, I think it's more a little bit of it's it's not mature enough to 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 communicate those experiences. But we're arriving now, I think, in the modern era and definitely into the future to the to the place that we can. And it's it's really complicated, right? Because it's not that's like studios. There's a lot of studios that want to. And then there's also the mingling of the business reality where multiplayer games, generally speaking, make more money, uh, drive higher levels of engagement than a single player game. People play them more, longer, blah, blah, blah. So it's also like those, I, I bet you, right, if somehow there is a way that single player, not necessarily single player, but these deep, Profound. Right. I think you can accomplish that in a multiplayer experience too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, were like the tables were turned for some reason from a business perspective. I think you'd see even more of those uh, more attempts at that, right? Um, but I, I think like from a like you look at the last console generation. Uh, one thing that comes out a lot of times when you compare the first party exclusives between the two is really the quality of experience that the Sony studios produced, right? Like really compelling experiences uh with great depth and stuff um i mean there was definitely some of that in the xbox suite but i feel like the xbox suite was more on the multiplayer side of things sure you know Um, sure well like you look at like hideo kojima games right like metal gear solid and stuff and those are basically just movies that you play in the middle of yeah i mean you had god of war uncharted last of us like all of these games are basically just movies you're playing yeah that and that's the spider-man it was a great uh, experience. Maybe I, I don't I don't know it enough to know if like the yeah, how deep how, the narrative right, right, was. Right. But I don't either. Anyway, um, so yeah, I I agree. Maybe that's part of the reason why they're they are maybe viewed that way is like kind of like toys. They lack depth. I mean, that's what they were originally, right? Like yeah. Kong was like so maybe a toy. maybe as our generation grows up, the, gen- the younger generations grow up, and we now expect different things out of our games. We right. don't we don't think of Pong. <laughs> you know, we no. think of I mean, the younger generations are going to grow up with, like, Fortnite as their maybe first game. Probably you know? not a deep, meaningful life experience. Not deep and game, meaningful, but... but, like, even, like, yeah, that's, that's I guess, maybe a bad experience, a bad comparison. But um, just meaning that what a video game is to us now moving forward is a way different reality than what it was for people before. And, and that, that sits totally. with you. Like, no, I think the proportion of games that are pushing for, like, being real, like, meaningful experiences is ever increasing right Right. like actually this makes me think of a game i i wish i could remember the name right now but i can't but the whole the the game is literally you just like go into this game and you just type like what's making you upset in your life and then other people can just respond to what you typed (laughs) and that's like the whole game but it has like nice music and shit and people like People said that it was really, really nice, and everyone just would just be really supportive, and it was actually a really positive experience for the people interacting with it. And like, it, is that even a game? Sort of, but it, it's meaningful for those people, right? Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, I, th- I think the technology has come far enough, and just like the popularity of video games has escalated to the point where it's possible to release these niche things, well, what would be viewed as niche in the current landscape, things that are re- meaningful enough that people are actually willing to play them. Yep. Right? Because before, like, 
I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to talk to someone who played like a bunch of text adventures and point and click games to hear if they thought those games provided like these kinds of deep, significant experiences. Because I actually haven't played enough to know if those stories got deep enough. Because in some degree, like text adventures are just books. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. I I think to a certain extent these various mediums, um, you know, novels, movies, video games, these different art forms, can communicate experiences uh better than each other in different ways right like uh and so video games i think have strength in the fact that you can that you're you're driving the experience the, the like immersion yeah is like is super important. and the interactivity of it right the you are somehow affecting this world that you're participating in uh, at least you hope to be the goal in some way if, if you're designing i would think um and in like a movie you're more you you still are trying to have the the audience connect with the character so that they can have a similar sort of um personal uh, attachment or whatever in in, in the narrative and then structure and so hopefully that they're more just like a passenger on the journey though right they're not the yeah i mean the theoretically if if you really connect with a character then it can feel like your experience but that's much harder to do through a movie the medium of a movie than a video game where it's like literally this game is not happening if you don't interact right, right? similar with the book right right it's actually very interesting. I did not think I would ever talk about this in, in this context, but there's a book I read called The Fifth Season, which is a book I really like. Um, science fiction book by a lady named N.K. Jemison. Um, yeah. But anyway, the there's like three character arcs that are happening at the same time in the book, and like the chapters alternate between these different characters, and you know things eventually intertwine or whatever. But one of them is written in the second person, which means that she the characters referred to as you right okay so basically the way it's written is like you are blah 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 you do this you do this and it's very it initially is like really jarring and hard to like read because it's just not something you're used to like experiencing from a book but eventually it actually became like really a cool experience for me at least personally because it it really did give you yeah. this immersion you're talking about, right? It it was a pathway to a book providing the kind of immersion that I could feel from a video game. Yeah, yeah. No, it, that's really cool. I I don't know if I personally would, like you said, be able to persevere through the, that kind of a transition it, in a book. She just, wrote it really, really well, which yeah. helped, and the book was really interesting, which helped too. Because like, yeah. if it came off feeling cheap, I would have been out so fast. Yep. Yep. But that's cool. It's it, cool. Very interesting. I didn't think this one, this conversation would leave me there, but it definitely made me think about that. No, yeah, I think, I think the it also like in regards to emotional design, the thing that's novel to video games is if you have the visceral, behavioral, and uh, reflective components. Like, I think the, the, the all, almost all of these mediums have some amount of visceral. Like the movies, still like what things look like, how they sound. Yep. Um, is important for a book that's maybe weaker it's like how does the book feel in your hands i mean and people really like that right yeah. that's why some people don't like ebooks but still that's like very minimal how does it feel in your hand uh how's the spacing on the pages like whatever like maybe that to that at, to that yep. degree um to that extent then from a behavioral standpoint like how how satisfying and how, how, or and how frustrating is it to manipulate this thing? Right, that's basically it's like movies is like not really a thing. And the book is again maybe so, somewhat mini, minimal. Right. It's actually actually on that note, it's a reason why I don't like reading hardcover like real books. I like ebooks because actually the experience of <laughs> this sounds stupid and maybe it is stupid and I'm crazy, but the the holding the book open drives me nuts. I'm sure. like I feel like I'm trying to consume this damn thing and it's like trying to stop me <laughs> is what it feels like <laughs> and like i have I to love force it like to oh it's like a, yeah anyway so and and like if i don't i don't really care for a lot of books have like the the feel of the paper like a novel you don't like that it drives like me this crazy. paper do you 
This is sort of novelty, sort of paper. Well, that's softer. Okay, so you, you know, mean it's like, even like a little rougher than like, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Oh, I don't like that feeling. And if the cover doesn't feel good, the visceral and behavioral elements of that book are just in the trash. <laughs> that's like, so funny. So I, outside of other practical reasons why I like eBooks, that's a big reason why I like writing, reading things on my Kindle. Like, yeah, it drives me nuts. I hate it. I, I, I don't know how people say they snuggle up with a book. I, if I'm like sitting there with a book, I can't get at all comfortable because I have to hold this damn thing. And for those people, it may even be going as far as the book being like a toy to them, right? Yeah. That like the book is a toy and that's why they like the hardcover book. And maybe that's why they like reading books more than movies even, right? Because just the being able to experience the visceral and behavioral aspects of the book is enough to like give them a better core experience than a movie does. Maybe. And that's like a thing I just don't have. I mean, like, you know, the kids books that have like that laminated plastic. Uh I love those. (laughs) Like, those feel good. <laughs> I mean, if the big adult ones were the same, I mean, I don't know how you'd print that stuff, but I'm serious. That could, that might change my mind. Like, Very if it felt good. And actually, that's another, on that same note, on the ebook side, my Note 9, like, feels good. Like, that glass feels good. Sure, like, the swiping. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, take it for what it's worth. But... Though that behavioral element is huge in video games. Yes. Bad implementation of controls or like we were saying, like how it feels to manipulate your character. Um, if you do it in such a way where, you know, the, the player can't get a handle on how to do it successfully and navigate through your world successfully with the controls you give them, like, pff, like it's done. over. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. And then the last one is. The last one's reflective. So that's the, you know, you, you experience the experience. You hear the story, you watch the movie, you read the book, you play the game, and what you, the story you come out with after, right? Like, you movies I have this, and books I think have this really strongly of you, You, I mean, hopefully if it doesn't, like, that that movie or book was terrible, right? Like, and that's maybe why you stop, but, or part of the reason why, but you watch the movie and you go to your friend, like, and you're, you're thinking about it in the car, like, oh, that thing that happened and whatever, and you come to conclusions about stuff in the movie and then you talk to somebody about it. It's that whole reflective component. Games that have that and do that well, I think are much better off for it. Like even even games without experience, I think, can have a strong one like this. For example, Rocket. They're all right. Like competitive, like sp- almost like sports, right? Could yeah, have this strong true. reflective element. Yeah, and that's an interesting way to look at it because I feel like if you think of it from that sports perspective, I think... The story of sports is a big reason why sports is compelling, right? The 100%. effort, to, the human effort required to achieve the goal, like the combined human effort, also the the difficulties, but and like somehow that's also part of some of these experiences. You, if I'm playing Rocket League one day and I come next day to work and tell you about like oh this crazy this crazy thing happened, blah blah. So if your game can elicit a strong reflective element to it, that's that's really good. I think that's. And that's also where we would find this like significant meaning too, right? The in the reflective element. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In that case of the Rocket League, it's not necessarily a strong per se like life lesson. Life lesson, unless it was, you know, you watched a pro player accomplish something. You knew that pro player was going through a tough thing, and man, for them to not to perform that way and like execute those things that you now know, like that's hard to do because I play that game. Sure. Like, sim, it's just like sports. Like, although that's not really coming from the game anymore, yeah. right? That's not the game giving you that lesson. That's like the almost like the movie surrounding the game that's giving you that lesson, right? I mean, yeah. not the movie, but like you know the yeah. events surrounding yeah. it, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, yeah, it's for sure yeah, it's a yeah. departure from the actual direct experience of the medium, yeah. for sure. So, the that last one of reflective. I think it's interesting how we just went through all those those three mediums with these three aspects and like each one has their they have certain categories they're stronger in and weaker in. Yeah. Um and I don't know, I think it's interesting and part of the reason why maybe games are becoming more mainstream and compelling is because I feel like they're maybe the strongest overall across all three. Or at least games. have the potential to be for yeah. sure. So, because that we were just talking about how now, as these stu- as the game, the the art form of games is starting to evolve, these like more profound narrative ex- narrative experiences are starting to emerge. 
that the technology like can support and help immerse the player from a visceral standpoint. Yeah. Like things look beautiful, things right. feel really good, and you're now you feel like you're playing a movie. You even talk about like VR, right? In that sense, yep. right? Like yeah, yeah. I right. I, That's I a whole other topic. But. Yeah, I mean, and we can talk about like yeah, where VR is going is along those lines. Like I think can do great things. I'm like not. I don't, I'm not really. Com- it's not super compelling to me as in its current implementation, but in the future, I agree. It's just more immersive, more potentially right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Maybe that's part of the reason why we see games becoming more and more mainstream, more whatever because because of this. Like uh, they they're right. so strong on all three fronts, or can be. Um, so because originally they were basically only like a little bit visceral. And very behavioral. As visceral as possible, yeah, and hope to as good on the behavioral side right. as possible. And the reflectivity of games, I think, originally probably just came from the novelty that they existed at all. I yeah, for sure. I right. Think, and I think partly. I think also that it's not yeah, it's not it, we shouldn't underestimate how satisfying that primal element is, right? right. Like, but I would say that is more vis- more visceral, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning the novelty, I uh, sorry, I, I'm agreeing with you in a, like a roundabout way. The, the the visceral, the strong like the strong visceral component to video games and the um, the strong visceral and then satisfying behavior when it's done well, right? Um, in combination with the novelty of like I'm playing this thing on the TV or right. whatever, like so. Right. And slowly over time, we've gotten to the point where now they can be just as visceral as you know movies or TV and way more behavioral, obviously, and then also they can be as reflective as too, right? So yeah. I think you're right that that is a really good point. And probably why video games are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger constantly, right? And, yeah. Yeah, this is also... This is a whole... Na- we, we should talk about this sometime, but another inherent nature of video games is like, just to finish off why how they're growing. I mean, like video games, I would argue, have more of a sense of are played more in a sense of a community than how you watch a movie. Like, I watch a movie... Multiplayer games, right? Multiplayer games, but even single player in the sense of how nowadays, with thanks to, like, social media and stuff, kind of, the you know, the game launches, and that, that, the time, that period of time, like, right after a game launches and people are experiencing it, is a thing. Like, it you is. can choose to sort of, like, not jump into it, but if even if you don't like buy it, like I can, uh, a lot of these Sony's titles that we mentioned before, I don't even have a PlayStation, unfortunately. But um, I experience, I could, I like kind of had that experience as everyone's like posting about it, showing clips about it, whatever. Like I kind of the the way video games are consumed by maybe nature of the video games specifically. Uh, the nature of the internet and everything being kind of intrinsically involved with like a lot of video game stuff uh, where think where they're posted, how they're distributed, whatever, and where the communities live makes it more, um, those elements are broadcasted more for more, more, Broadly, broadly. I would. I, that's interesting that you say that because I would think that movies actually do that even more than video games. Still, okay. In, I mean, in the modern day, and maybe I don't like watch when, it like, like when movies, the Avengers so. came out. Like, well, yeah, but like, like I vehemently refuse to see that movie, and I feel like I've seen the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. No. Fair. I mean, there's a meme from like every five or seconds. Like when Endgame movie. came out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like so. I don't know, but but it does seem like video games are catching up to that. And maybe that, that point yeah. is still really valid, right? That video games before did not have that. But now that they can have that same sort of hype, they can sort of reach that same level. Yeah. I don't know. Endgame had it. Like, Joker recently has it. Has I mean, it. every big movie that comes out has it. Uh, maybe that's fair. And every big video game that comes out has it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So maybe that's fair. Right. Maybe that's more just a... I'm really... That was kind of an on-the-fly comment, and maybe I'm just really more realizing the yeah the the social aspect of the internet and how it influences how we consume these mediums right um in general well i, I do can't think, think of the, the last big book but <laughs> i do think that and this will be our like concluding thoughts about this subject that maybe though video games niche video games like not the big video games 
still form these communities online way better than like niche movies do. Yeah. Like I don't think if like a movie that only a few people like comes out, they're gonna like flock to each other as easily as what happens with like niche video games. I agree. And I think that's like to what I was just saying, I, I, partly yeah. because of the the reality of that just medium. where they exist, right? Yeah. Yeah. People are already on the internet or on the computer or whatever with these interacting with these games, so it's tr- easy to then transition into like a forum or a Discord server or whatever where people are interacting about this game. And maybe as like augmented reality especially improves, maybe similar setups will appear for like even books. Like what if if everyone had let's say augmented reality hardware was very commonplace everyone sure. had glasses whatever right. and they weren't crazy they're were right. just normal like yours right, right. now um, and somehow just like you open the book and I hate QR codes but there's a thing that somehow it automatically takes you to the forum of people who are reading this book too right like sure there's ways to get to a place where you're sharing feelings, uh, just interactions with sim- people who are reading the book as well, like you have, the, like the equivalent of the forums, right, that you have uh, now on forums, the discords, the whatever you have, it's more commonplace for video games. You know, it's actually funny that, like, Kindle, you know, they have, when you, they have, like, the most commonly highlighted, commonly yeah, 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 yeah. quoted yeah, yeah, yeah. section, right? And even that, Gives you like a degree of community interaction that yep. books never had before, right? Yep. And I actually really like it. And I, I almost like pay way more attention when I see that, that I'm like about to read a sentence that like no, got this dotted underline. I'm too. like, this could be a good sentence, right? And too. that's a big departure from like, so that's, that's just a step in that direction that you're saying, right? Yep. It's interesting. That's really interesting. Yep. So we're going to, we're going to write a book then, right? We are going to. <laughs> we're going to abandon video games and just write. We're going to write a book with books. augmented reality. Yep. Yes. And you have to read it in virtual reality. Yes. You have to use augmented reality in your virtual reality to read it. Oh gosh. To interact on the forums. That's gross. I'm sure <laughs> there's an Inception-like movie coming in the next five to ten years about someone in virtual reality going deeper into virtual reality and augmented reality and. Oh, great. Who knows what happens <laughs> as a result, but that yeah. sounds like a terrible movie in the making. It's interesting. Well, I'm sure the this idea of social interaction and how it carries a medium will come up in other podcasts, other conversations, too. But For sure. It's definitely an interesting topic. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this was our yeah second quality time. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. You know, please leave thoughts... Uh, uh, on what on your on things regarding this topic yeah, or anything something. you liked didn't like or yeah, things love, you want to contribute on we'd love to hear it like what did, you, did something we say like make you think of something it doesn't even have to be directly related just tell us what you think about the, this this stuff uh, for, you can follow us on Twitter on yeah, Instagram what's the Twitter uh, tw- Twitter is K-O Koala K-O Koala E-N-T Entertainment yep. um, Instagram the Instagram's the same, KO Koala ENT, and then uh, follow us on TikTok, KO Koala ENT. Yeah, we're getting into the TikTok well, game. Well, Anthony will be the, the, the leader, but yeah. they're gonna be good. Anthony Got has made new- one, basically one TikTok so far, and it was and just his was foot with music in the background. Oh, and I think good. you guys will love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can also get come and get into our Discord potentially. Um, Facebook, we have a, we have anything you want yeah. to talk to us about. You can email us if you really want to. Yeah, you can you know, f- follow us on... Uh, we'll, we'll have links. All the links will be there. You can go to our website and find all of our social media stuff if and you want to interact. We'd love to hear your thoughts about all these things. Very good. Until next time, we will see you guys. We'll see you guys later. Yes. Goodbye.